Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Well, we've been speaking about the word that God put in our heart for 2019. It's early days yet, I know, but I feel like it's already established. It comes out of Isaiah chapter 54. I'm going to read just the first two verses. Really, the entire chapter is part of this word. But just for today, these two verses are the word of the Lord, I believe, to us for 2019. Now, I actually went back this week and began to look up when God first started speaking this to me. I think I said last Sunday it was October. Well, I discovered it was actually August uh, last year, uh, around about midway through. And so I've been living in this for about the last four months. And so for lots of you that are, for whom this is fresh, understand it's going to take some time. That's okay. Let's let it live in our heart. Isaiah 54 verse 1 says, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not laboured with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Don't spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. If you want three words to carry you through into 2019, let me give them to you out of those two verses. Firstly, I believe the word of the Lord to us is to enlarge. And that is, as I said last Sunday, to draw a larger circle around our life, to draw a circle so large that it will take God to fill it. It's not something that's my life with a little bit more effort, but rather it's about making space for God to be able to do something extraordinary in us. And then he says to stretch, to reach out beyond what you have previously known, what you are comfortable with, to stretch out beyond that. And then he says strengthen. Well, we'll come to that later on in the year. But let me just give you a a quick thought about that. He says to strengthen the stakes. Why? Because human nature is always to go back to what's previously been our experience. He says, I want you to strengthen it so that your life never goes back to the original shape, never goes back to the way it used to be. I don't believe God wants 2019 to look like 2018 just with a few more wrinkles. I believe that God wants our 2019 to be drastically powerfully different in our life. Can I hear you say amen to that? I believe that for our life. I believe it. Sometimes I believe it despite everything that goes on, everything that I see or hear. I feel the Holy Spirit and I I never say this lightly. I never take his name and add it on to something as though somehow or other that will produce uh, some benefit or result. But I say it carefully and I say it uh, in the fear of God, lest I just add his name lightly to my life. But I feel the Holy Spirit so often come to me and say, don't look at that. Don't see that. But believe what I'm telling you is enlarge and stretch and strengthen. 
Now, what God promises this woman is nothing short of miraculous. Because he says to her, it's not a child. See, her desire, listen to me this morning, her desire is a child. God says, I'm not going to give you a child. I'm going to give you children. So often our vision and our dream of what God can do is so small. We ask God for just that much. God says, no, that's not the plan at all. I'm not going to help you just get by. I'm not going to give you enough just so that you get out of trouble. He says, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. Not according to your background, not according to your upbringing, not according to your experience, not according to your gifts or talents, not according to your strength. He said, I'm going to do it according to the power that I put in you when you got born again of the Holy Spirit. It was not simply a a ticket to heaven. It was a absolute imprint of God on your life for the rest of your life that you are marked as a God, man or woman, somebody that walks with God, somebody that knows God, somebody that carries God in your life. That's what God's got for you. So this is not a miracle moment. Far greater it is than that to have the miraculous as an ongoing flow of life. So many Christians get born again and then park. They get radically saved, transformed by the power of Christ. But then the rest of their life really is only an exhibition of their humanity. All they display is now a person that no longer, you know, does all the bad sins. They've given up all the bad language. They've given up all the the bad behaviours. And yet that is so far short of what Christ has for each one of us. So far short. Come on, some of you here today that you've thought, well, if I'm going to heaven and Jesus is my Saviour, oh, that's so wonderful. I'm just going to stop and celebrate that. Can I urge you, encourage you? Can I plead with you? Can I beg you to lift up your eyes and say that was a miracle moment, but I want to have a miraculous life. I want my life to exhibit the name of Jesus on a daily basis. Someone said to me last night at a party I was at, celebrating to raise uh, Radowski's, uh, Radowski, where'd that come from? Gracious, that's out of, that's out of 40 years ago. Jig and Jack, uh, her birthday. And someone said to me that their family regularly asked them, saying, why do you have such peace? What is the source of the peace that you carry on a day-to-day basis in your life? Can I say to you, come on, you may feel so ordinary. Well, so do I. Many days I feel so, so human, so not great. And then you discover that there are people watching you that can see the difference in what you carry as you walk through life. We don't want to have just a miracle moment. We want to have the miraculous flow and we all need that. In their life. So I want to take you to the story of yet another woman in the Bible, another woman who doesn't have a husband either. This one's got a few sons, but she's in a crisis part of life. 
And so I want to read to you some of her story. It's in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Pause a minute and imagine that God has asked you for 2019, what shall I do for you? See, some people's answer would be, can you just get rid of the creditors? Can you just pay those bills? Can you just get me back at least to square one? Can you give me enough to get rid of the pressure? What shall I do for you? Great question. This woman says, uh, what shall I do for you? He says, tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, your maidservant, watch this, your maidservant has nothing in the house but. Thank God for the but that you can bring to your life. I've got troubles, but. There are difficulties, but. There are huge challenges, but. But a jar of oil. He said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours. Empty vessels, don't gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it all into those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went out from him shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. Isn't it so important who you partner with in life? See, she's ready to keep pouring, but the sons have had enough. They got a bunch. Thank God they got so many. But it's so important. You know, the people you partner with are either going to and let your life get larger or else they're going to put a lid on your life. There's not another vessel. So the oil ceased. She came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil, pay your debt. Watch this, because this comes back to what I said before. And you and your sons go and live on the rest. What do you have? What shall I do for you? Just get rid of the creditors. Just cancel that bill. He says, I want to do more for you than what you are expecting. I want to do more than what's normal. I want to do more than simply mediate for you. He says, I want to make sure that not only is your now, listen, you're now taken care of. I want to make sure your future is taken care of as well. God's provision is never just for today. His provision is always for tomorrow. Both of these miracles, Isaiah 54 and 2 Kings 4, are miracles of supply but there are also miracles about the next generation. That's great news for every parent, every grandparent, every teacher, every youth worker. I know we've got a bunch of you. Every kids ministry leader, every transform partner, every single one of you that's got anything to do with the next generation. These miracles are not just about God taking care of stuff. 
stuff. They're about God making sure that the next generation is cared for. This woman goes from zero to flow. So this morning, I want to speak to you and teach on flow in your life. Number one, when it comes to flow, the emptiness around you is not a prediction of your future. Understand that when the word of the Lord comes to her and says, go shut the door and begin to pour out, gather all the vessels. Well, the reality is that there are empty vessels all around. Obviously, that's where they get the empty ones from. So the house next door, her neighbours had emptiness. She's apparently not the only one with lack in her life. Apparently, whatever, whether it's a famine or not, I don't know. But apparently all around about her, there's quite a deal of emptiness. Every home seems to have empty vessels. But the emptiness around her is not a prediction of what God is about to do in her. Someone else's testimony does not have to be yours. Don't look to see what's happening somewhere else. Well, every business in our area, everyone in my industry is struggling. Don't allow somebody else's testimony to somehow rather subconsciously, surreptitiously slide in and become yours. Well, everybody's got that. Well, it's going around, you know. I always say when people say it's going around, I say then let it keep on going. I don't want it to stay in my house. Amen. You see, everybody had emptiness, but one woman has a, a flow begin to happen. And so even though there's emptiness all about her place alone, can I say to you that if you are the last person on the planet, And everybody else is struggling. But if you will touch God, if you will touch God. I read this morning about how Jacob wrestled with the angel. Jacob wrestled with the angel and comes out of it a different man. He comes out of it as Israel, a prince with God. And I I put it out on Instagram and said, don't despise your struggles because oftentimes they're the things that are meant to build your future. He comes out of a whole night of struggle. Are you able to say, God will help me? Are you able to say, it doesn't matter what everyone else is saying. It doesn't matter. Their testimony doesn't have to be mine. God wants to bring miraculous flow to my house, to my life. And there's always a wrestle goes on in your brain of yes, but, and all the limitations and all the obstacles and all the, the, the prevailing circumstance and how difficult that is. And somewhere along the way, come on, somewhere along the way, you got to get up and you got to stir up and you got to stand up and you got to say, you know what? Their testimony is not mine. My testimony is going to be a testimony of the goodness and the grace of God. I'm going to see the blessing of the Lord. So families are struggling and dysfunctions all about. My family is going to be blessed in Jesus' name. My children, I've been confessing this over my family since we first got children. And I read in the scripture where it says that your children shall be like olive plants around about your table. Well, olive plants were where they got the anointing oil from. And so I've been declaring my children will be bearers of the Holy Spirit to me. 
My children are going to be a blessing. They're not going to be a curse. They're not going to be a pain. When people say, oh, it's the terrible twos, I say, oh, no, it's not the terrible twos. They're just two, that's all. Well, what about the teenage years? They're so bad. They become so rebellious. I go, no, my children shall be bearers of the Holy Spirit to me. Come on, don't let somebody else's testimony become your testimony in Jesus' name. Here's the second thing about flow. Your little can become more than enough. No, it doesn't matter what you start with. Your little, small amount. Listen to her words again. Your maidservant has nothing but a jar of oil. One solitary jar. Barely enough to cook with. Certainly not, not enough to care for. She couldn't have sold it. It would not have even dented the, the problem at all. It, it nowhere near enough, but her little can become enough. Why am I for 31 years now almost? Why have I been so forthright, so strong, so, so proactive when it comes to giving as a church? Why is it I've encouraged us all the time? Keep being givers. It's never been about bank accounts or anything like that in the life of our church. It's always been about saying, let's take our little and see what God will do with our little. If we will just give him the little we have and let him use it, he can multiply it and do something powerful with it. And so this year, I've been telling people about it. People are asking me. We were at a party last night. People are asking me at the table. We're eating a meal. They said, what's, what's going on? And we're talking about church and going on about all the great things of God. And I was talking about hope and about this year, how uh, with Amanda leading that. And thank God for all the team that are part of it and is serving in that. I said, but I'm believing for it to enlarge. I'm believing for hope to become something that blesses all of our church, not one. It's not an arm of our church, but it's, we're going to keep pouring out in hope. I talked to them about running a church service. Uh, it's one of my dreams to run a church service for people that might not come here, but we could run one for them, give them lunch, and then say, here, come on, we're going to give a couple of testimonies. And ben, famous Ben. I said to him just before, I said, mate, I thought you were so famous you'd have a roadie bring out a new guitar. You don't have to string it up anymore. He goes, one day. But imagine what it'd be like if you were sitting there and you're one of the folks that's in need. And instead of just getting food, you sat there and Ben started singing to you. I have resurrection power. Only he sings a lot better. But he hasn't been preaching for 40 years. No longer bound by sin and darkness. And then one of the team got up and gave their testimony. We're going to keep pouring out. Why? Because we're nowhere near seeing the abundance that God wants to bring. Metro uh, young adults with Michael Partha. Where are you? They're down the front row. What a great young man. And, and I thank God again for everyone who's led it before. But I have got a certainty in my heart that it's going to come into a season of more pouring out. We're going to do more with young adults than we've ever done in all the years previous put together. Why? Because we are in a season saying, God, what we have mightn't look a whole lot, but we want to give it to you. We're going to let you pour it out. Transform is still 
outpouring out over the lives of young people. Metro Church is and will enlarge outpouring out as a church. Here's the third thing about flow. I'd love you to think about this. You're a business person here. You work in government in some field or other. You're an employee in a business. You're a young couple with family. You're starting university this year. Hear this because flow for this lady was not about a church service and a sermon. It was actually about life. And here's the third thing. Our expectation is our only limitation. This lady is commanded by the man of God. Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbours, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. You know the way the story goes that when the last empty vessel is brought to her, the supernatural flow stops. What determined it was not the hand of God or the word of the Lord. What determined the amount of flow that came to her was the expectation she had at the beginning. Well, you know, probably 10 would be enough. Well, that'd be 10 times what we got now. How many people limit God to the size of only what they've seen in the past? They limit God. I am determined in my life that I will not shrink God to the size of my yesterday. That's why you're never going to hear me talk about the good old days. Because they're just old days that you remember good. That's all they are. They aren't any better. Amen. I remember all the silly bits of it, quite frankly, some of it. Amen. I just believe always that what lies in front of us is better than what lies behind us. Amen. Come on. And so we don't want to limit God with a low expectation. God can only and will only fill according to my expectation. Last week I spoke on drawing a larger circle around your life. Now thank God for those of you who drew it about an inch bigger than where it is. Thank God at least you drew it an inch bigger. But maybe by this week you might go, I better go and rub that out. It's not big enough. I better draw a bigger one. Amen. And hopefully by the end of this year, you'll have go, I've drawn such a big circle, Jeff. I cannot see where I drew it. I have to get on my Segway and motor around it all to see my boundaries. Amen. Huh? Well, if I could just get a little thing, just a little bit, just Lord, 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 just Lord, Lord, just give me a little bit. And he goes, oh, God. No, he doesn't say that because... He goes, oh, I am. (laughs) Our expectation is our only limitation. I, I don't know how well this is preaching, but if I could take what's bubbling around inside of me and pour it out all over you, you'd be... That's what you'd be doing. Because that's what I'm doing inside. You can't see it. I don't go for all that... Fiery up preaching. I'm a quiet person. Well, just get quietly fired up. Come on. I'm not into all those Pentecostal expressions. Oh, God, I feel sorry for you when you die then. 
You're going to go to heaven, it's going to be wild. I reckon some people are going to die and go to heaven and walk in and go, oh, this has got to be the wrong place. The lights are too bright. Oh, well, you'd go to heaven and see Jesus, who is like the sun that shines in its strength. Huh? You're going to want your sunglasses up there, brother. Amen. You in the front row, you got the shades on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'd talk like that, but. Our expectation is our only limitation. Here's number four. Proximity is not enough for flow. Merely bringing the vessels into the house did not get flow going. Someone had to pour. Proximity. Remember the story in Mark 5 of the woman with the issue of blood? And she pressed through the crowd for she said, if I may touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And when Jesus felt virtue, power go out of him, he turned around about him to see her that had done this thing. He said to the disciples who touched me, they said, Master, you see the crowd thronging you and you say you touched me. They're bumping you all over, Jesus. There's such a crowd. You're being jostled every side. He says, no, you don't understand. Lots of people bumped me, but one person touched me. Amen. The proximity is not enough for flow. Here I have for you all, for your examination and exhibition. One of our superb Metro Church sausage rolls. Here I have the elixir of life. For those of us in Australia who can put this on everything. I remember being in America and, uh, and though I have scrambled egg and bacon and these little sausage things. And they, they said, would you like the maple syrup? I said, are you serious? I said, where's the tomato sauce? And they looked at me and they said, what is with that? And I go, in Australia, we put this. Matter of fact, when I was a kid, I used to eat tomato sauce sandwiches. Come on, give me a wave if you go, nothing wrong with a tomato sauce sandwich. Amen. Now, I don't know about the rest of you here, but I really don't like sausage rolls, just plain. The pastry all sticks to the top of your mouth. So you've got to get some of this on. But you know, you can see what I'm saying, can't you? Proximity doesn't alter anything. Whether it's salt in the salt shaker, sauce in the sauce bottle. This thing's not touched by the proximity. Look, I'll put it right on there. It doesn't make a scrap of difference. Someone's got to take it and say, oh, thank you, Lord, for this food, for what I'm about to receive. May the Lord make us truly thankful. Amen. See, now we have something worth eating. (laughs) Who here hasn't had breakfast this morning and you're just saying, oh, I'm salivating at the thought of that. Right up the back there. Just uh, Thor, come take that. Who, who had your hand up way back there? There is. See that hand right there? See that brother? Just run right that up to him. That's his. It's warm. Hope you like tomato sauce because I drowned it. Enjoy that. 
matter of fact, I'm, I'm feeling very generous today again. How many of you here are going, I wish I'd put my hand up? Huh? Huh? Come give me away. Be honest. You say, I wish I'd put my hand up. I was too embarrassed. I was too shy. I didn't draw a big enough circle. I didn't have a great expectation. I thought he would just say too bad and eat it himself. I didn't realize if I'd known he was going to give it away. See, that's the problem with it, isn't it? We always go, if only I'd known. How many neighbours do you think around about this woman said, well, if I knew that was going to happen, I would have asked the man of God. But see, they never did. Because expectation is never, doesn't work in reverse. It's always got to work forward. And that's why it's so scary, isn't it? Because God doesn't say to me, expect it after I've done it. He says, expect it before. And I'm going like, yeah, but God, you don't understand right now how difficult it is. I don't have anything. All I've got's a little jar. He goes, don't worry. Raise your expectations. Proximity is not enough for flow. So I'm thinking I'm just going to make all the sausage rolls in the, in the cafe free this morning. Amen. They've got a bigger cheer than that great point I made a bit earlier. Thanks. One per person, Janelle. If they run out, sorry. Or you could stand there and go, I'm going to take this one here and I'm going to sow it to someone else and believe it's going to multiply. (laughs) Proximity is not enough for flow. So let me ask you a question. How many times have you come to church and you had proximity but no flow? How many times have you come to church or come to prayer? I've been so many times in the place of prayer and I had zero faith. My expectations were low. What I expected was to fulfill my religious duty and spend a half an hour with God. How many times have you read the Bible going, well, I've read the Bible through seven times already. The last seven years or eight years. I remember that one. Or how many times do you come to it going, God, I need to have flow in my life. Amen. Come on. Are you with me here? I do not believe there is a day that God means to be ordinary. I don't say that about making your life feel fantastic. I just don't believe there's ever a day that God goes, that's a throwaway. That day doesn't matter. Don't worry about that. That one's unimportant. I believe every day, if you are born again, a child of God, your name registered as we read earlier in heaven, filled with the Holy Spirit, how is it possible for you to have a throwaway day? But so often we have proximity. Here's number five. Fifth thing about flow is that your future is always in what's currently empty around you. She's not getting a bunch of vessels full. They're all empty. Can I say to you, don't be bothered. Don't be troubled. Don't get stopped by what's not going on, by what's not happening in your life, in your family, in your business, in your ministry. Don't get bothered by all that because your future is not in what's full. Your future is in what's currently empty. Here's number six. What you do with private revelation will always have a public expression. I love the fact that God, through the man of God, says to her, go inside your house and shut the door. No one else is watching. It's just her and the boys. 
I find so often that my wrestlings are not the wrestlings with circumstance, but they're the wrestlings inside, the wrestlings of faith. So much so, even though I dislike them, I've come to accept that they're a part of my journey of going, I wrestle with it. I can wake up and I'm anxious or I'm concerned or my mind is tossing it around a thousand different ways. And then I come back and I go, but God, this is what you said. How could that not be so? And I find myself wrestling. Can I be this honest with you? I don't always find faith arrives like, you know, the courier drops it off at the front door and I go, oh, isn't that lovely? I find for me, I'm digging it up, man. I'm digging, come on. Some of you, you got all kinds of issues in your life and you're hoping for a miracle moment to bail it out. Instead, God says, I want you to start pouring. I want you to start finding someone who needs. Come on, there's people around about you. Can you start pouring something out? That's why whenever some, someone says to me, Pastor, I'm struggling emotionally. I'm going through a difficult time. I always say, are you serving anyway? Always. Why? Not because I'm trying to recruit them, but because I know that unless you're poor, God hasn't got to feel anything. Amen. What you do with private revelation, let enlarge, don't just become a great series in this church, but I'm praying that it'll become your revelation. Here's the last one. Number seven, team can come. Number seven. All of these things, the emptiness around you doesn't predict your future. Your little can become more than enough. Our expectation is our only limitation. Proximity isn't enough for flow. My future is in what's empty around me. What I do privately, that's what's going to show up. Here's the seventh one, is that the flow is supernatural. It's supernatural. I know that there's something in the human mind that when we hear someone, particularly in church, talk like this, there's a part of us that goes, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, that's what they're supposed to say. And sometimes we can make God's miraculous life as though somehow or other it's really only for a special few or it's really only for special days when the reality is that it's an everyday. You couldn't figure it out. You couldn't make it happen. She shut the door and the man of God said, I want you to pour it out. He's outside. Have you ever felt like that where the word that the Lord gave you You hid it in your heart privately and there was no one there to agree. Amen? Come on. This is church where we're honest. It's great to be in church where someone encourages you, inspires you. But what are you like on Monday, Tuesday, when the preacher isn't there? They're not in the car beside you. They're not laying hands on you and saying, oh yeah. What are you like when it's just you and you've shut the door? What are you like when the man of God is outside, but you're inside? The Lord said to her, fill the vessel. Well, I reckon the first one's the easy one. She grabs her little jar of oil, starts pouring. And as she's pouring, she sees her little jar get less and less full. Can I say to you, the first one's always the easy one. It's always, listen to me, it's what you do next that determines whether you have miraculous flow or you just have one full vessel. 
God said to Moses in Exodus, He said, if they won't believe the first sign, they'll believe the second one. Do you know how that's such a little verse? Do you know how hard that would be? You've turned up and done an outstanding miracle of God and they're all going, don't believe it. Right then, most of us are tempted to go, well, I'm obviously in the wrong place. Moses, God said to him, he said, if they don't believe the first one, don't stop. Do another one. Come on. A lot of you here have done the first, but can you do the second? Jesus said all the power is not in the first mile. It's in the second mile. Come on. It's what you do next. You say, oh, but Jeff, I've tried so hard. I've, I've loved, I've forgiven, I've done that. But it's what you do next. Do you have a limit? Do you go, well, I, I did something. Or are you able to say, God, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to pour into the second vessel in Jesus' name. I believe this is a year of enlarge. I'm excited about it because it's so ridiculous. Not to God, but in so many ways I look at it and go, God, I I don't even know what it's going to look like. I talk to Amanda about hope and I go, Amanda, I have no idea what it's going to look like. I just know this. I know it's going to enlarge. I know that it's going to bless all of our church, not just a segment of our community. I know we're going to find partnerships outside of here that are going to be extraordinary and we're going to do some amazing things. I know that's going to happen, but I don't know when, I don't know how. And I said, it's not pressure on you. We're together going to wait on God and say, God, what have you got for us? We're drawing a bigger circle. Amen. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together for a minute. Come on. I want you to stand with me and I want you to take a minute before the team sing or we do anything else. I want you to take a minute. Would you just either out loud, quietly, I don't mind how you do it. There's no method of prayer that's better than another apart from one that's heartfelt and aimed towards God. Would you take a minute, would you say, God, I'm declaring over my 2019 that I'm going to enlarge in Jesus' name. I'm going to stretch beyond what's normal, beyond what I've known, beyond what's convenient or comfortable. I'm stretching, Lord. I'm going to strengthen what you do so that it never goes. Listen to me. Some of you here, you make New Year's resolutions and they last all of a week, two weeks, three weeks because you haven't strengthened that thing and held it in. Life goes back to the way it was. I'm going to be a tither. Really? That's what you do next. It counts. Can we take a minute? Just right where you are, Heavenly Father, let me just lead you in prayer. You pray out loud. You pray quietly. I'm going to enlarge. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to strengthen. In the name of Jesus. Father, that's what I believe is the Word of the Lord for us as surely as it was to this woman. She heard the Word, but there was nobody there to to make it happen for her. It's just her and you, her sons, the ones that have got the biggest need. They're about to be sold off. But God, you bring a flow, a flow that kept on going as far as their expectations. God, save us from small expectations in the name of Jesus. We enlarge our expectations in Jesus' name. Lord, we want to stretch beyond what 
we've experienced or what's normal or what other people's testimony is. Father, we want to strengthen that which you do so we never go back to the same way in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are worthy. Come on. Let's sing it together. 